Thanks, Mary. Um, so we are looking at generosity. Last, last week we had Michael come and speak, and he was uh, speaking about God's generosity within the context of giving us God's Holy Spirit, which is an amazing gift, one which is often um, overlooked in church, often um, overlooked in our daily lives. We, we have a, a so much more opportunity to make, take advantage of this, what the Spirit gives than we actually live out. Um, but today we're thinking about God's generosity towards us through Jesus. And, um, and often we hear um, of generosity uh, within, at, and, and at the end, um, especially when you're coming uh, from a vicar, um, yeah, at the end of a talk on generosity, uh, the bank details come up on the screen. Um, today, I can promise that is not going to happen. Um, what I want us to focus on is the discipleship attitude of what it means to follow Jesus within the idea of mimicking his generosity. This is um, core to what it means to be a Christian, is to, uh, to follow Jesus, to, to do what he does, um, to be like Jesus. And, that, um, and part of that is generosity, as we've seen in the Bible passage um, today, or the two of them. So one of the things that I've been amazed by, um, I actually gave a talk on Sunday uh, at the 9 a.m., and it was, um, it was uh, very... Um, challenging for me. Often the, the preacher is the most challenged by the uh, verse that they, or the, the, the past, what am I saying? The um, sermon, that's the word, sermon that they give. Um, it's been a long week. Um, so, uh, but this, uh, this, past, this sermon challenged me to think about God's word and its ability to impact our lives. I think um, sometimes you can become numb to all the challenges that get uh, given us through God's word. And you can think, actually, well, there are just lots of hard things. It feels like a rule book. Or it feels, um, in, or if you want to, you could read it as a, a kind of a, uh, like a self-help book. Something that just helps you um, along your way. But actually, the more I um, was exploring this last week, the more I feel like it's, it feels like it's that owner's manual. It's God's original design for us as people, God's original design for his creation, and a way that we can live into that. So anything that God says in his word feels as hard as it might be to receive or live out. It feels to me, um, I'm growing in confidence that it is something that we should live into ourselves. Because it's not a rule book, it's not a self-help book, but it's the designer of this universe the designer of us talking to us about what he knows is best. So it's a gift to us. It, it leads us either, I think, into a better life on, in this, this world or eternal life. And I'd say a lot of what God is guiding us into, the challenges that he lays at our feet, lead us into both. But we hear things, don't we? Um, in church, uh, we hear things in God's word that are hugely, hugely challenging. And, um, and I think uh, it, it's now about, not about what we are able to um, understand, it's about what we're able to do. So I'm going to talk into that uh, this morning. 
Jesus um, was not shy about taking on tough issues. And one of the things, um, I'm not going to be talking specifically about money, but I'm going to be talking about generosity instead. And Jesus spoke a lot about money itself, um, but it came from not a, a fundraising heart. It came from a heart of wanting to grow as a disciple. Look at what um, Jesus exemplified generosity in. He actually uh, had no skin in the game. He wasn't, wasn't interested in anyone's money. He didn't have anything, really. He, he, um, he didn't take anything from anybody else, but he was constantly giving. So I want us to look at that. As, as, as a disciple, our call is to follow Jesus into that. As um, when I was at Vicar Training School, um, the, the, I, I heard lots of words lots of teaching, lots of reading, and, um, <clears throat> but the thing that impacted me the most was just a throwaway line from one of the lecturers, and he said this to me, he said, well, he said this to everybody, but I was there, so um, he said, as Christians, we tend to know so much more than we're able to live into. We tend to know so much more than we're living into as Christians. So I think as Christians, our problem tends not to be that we um, know uh, what, what's right or what's wrong. It's not whether we know what uh, Jesus told us to do, but it's actually, are we able to live into that call? That, I think, is what the discipleship journey is all about. And that's why I think when we come to church, it's not about learning primarily we do learn but the primary goal in the way I see church is not about learning new facts about what we're meant to do but it's about how do we empower and enable ourselves and each other to actually do the things we know we're meant to be doing and this isn't a condemnation this is um, we're in this together uh, we're in this together that it is hard am I the only one who finds it hard to do the things um, that Jesus asks us to do I am the only one. Oh, that's a shame. No, there's a few others. Excellent. Well, okay, so what I'd love um, for us to do, just for a moment, is to chat to the person next to you. If you're an extreme introvert, I, uh, I encourage you to close your eyes and, and go in the fetal position, um, uh, and then people will know that you don't want to be talked to. Um, but if you're not, then uh, I'd encourage you to chat to the person next to you and say, if we know what we're meant to do, what is it that stands in our way? And again, this is no condemnation. We're all in the same boat. But what is it that stands in our way for being able to live out the things um, that we're called to by Jesus? Great. So um, hopefully you've come up with uh, something, something of the obstacles that we're trying to overcome uh, in following Jesus. Does anybody... Um, is anybody up for being brave and sharing what they've, what they've seen as an obstacle as a, as a pair as they've chatted? What, what are some of the obstacles that we face? Because we all face them together. Um, so just speaking them out has power, uh, actually, to know that we're not alone. What are some of those obstacles? Anybody? Personal desires. Really helpful. You're not alone there. They stand in the way of some of the things Jesus called us to do. Corinne? Time, time, excellent, yeah. Time can be a real, um, yeah, Catherine. Yeah, 
Really helpful. If you didn't hear that, um, just being different can be an obstacle uh, because some of the things God calls us to are countercultural. Um, yes, Lindsay. Fear. Excellent. Yes, that goes along with what Catherine said. Um, fear uh, can be a real barrier uh, for following Jesus. And, the, and that was right from the beginning. All the people following Jesus, they were full of fear um, at the beginning. And they had physical fear of what might happen to them. But we have all sorts of other fears um, culturally as well. Yeah, Mary. Yeah, comparing, desiring um, things that we don't have, um, comparing with others. Um, Amazingly, none of these things will be a surprise uh, to any of you or um, to Jesus. And and so God's word is full of uh, advice along these lines of how we overcome this. But um, just to reiterate that point, we are not seeking uh, to just learn new things. We're seeking as a community to actually live these things out, to empower ourselves and each other in how we can be more like Jesus. So um, one of the things uh, when I was thinking about this sermon, uh, what came to mind was uh, along similar lines to what everybody else was saying, that actually we are called, if if you'll remember, that Jesus said uh, the narrow path is the one uh, that he's calling us down. Um, Wide is the path that leads to destruction, it says. Wide is the path um, that goes towards the thing that the world is chasing after. But narrow is the path that leads towards Jesus. And so um, when when I thought about that, I I went on a, recently went, uh, I, I love baseball uh, and so went to watch the Cubs play in um, when, what was it Olympic Park and it was an amazing time um, and but one of the things that struck me was if you've ever been there were hundreds probably thousands of people as they let the game finished and everybody came out and um, and you had just probably along one line of people as they went out towards the tube would have been 60, 70, maybe 100 people in that line. And that just went on and on and on. And there's this mass of people. You had zero option to go any other direction than the direction of travel of the whole group. I mean, you did actually have an option. It would have been very awkward, and you would have got lots of um, snide remarks and, and, uh, and probably some elbows as you went by. But, um, but it was th- the path of least resistance and the, the only path that, uh, that you could easily travel was towards whatever tube station it was in the direction that everybody else was going. That made sense to me of this picture that Jesus is calling us to walk up and through that path against the grain of what everybody else is doing. That's why um, when we hear these things like today's passage, when we are called to make our life a sacrifice, it cuts completely across the, the, the group that's traveling in the opposite direction. There's nothing in our society that is encouraging that our whole society is built upon a premise that buying more for ourselves, looking after ourselves, insuring ourselves, um, kind of buying new and bigger and better, looking after ourselves through every means we can by um, putting all our finances in perfect order so that we'll be always secure. Those ideas sit at the core of how we run our society. 
But Jesus is calling us not to live in that way, but to live a sacrificial life, a life that gives all the way up until the point that Jesus stopped giving. Jesus, um, as you'll know, didn't stop giving at anything. He gave even his own life up. So these are all hard truths. These are truths that um, we understand already. But I think if we look at Jesus' life for an example, we see Jesus loved and was kind to strangers. It wasn't just about the way that he died on the cross uh, for, for us. It was about the way he loved and was kind towards strangers. He had mercy on sinners and outcasts. He looked towards those who were being shunned by the rest of society, those who um, perhaps online trolls are saying, you're canceled, you're out, of, you're out of here, we don't want anything to do with you. He would, perhaps those were the ones that he would have been loving and um, showing God's mercy to, regardless of what they said or did. He went out of his way to be healing the sick, feeding the hungry. He mourned with mourners. And ultimately, as we've heard in the passage today, he gave up everything so that we could live. So followers of Jesus are called to that same generous outward life. And I, um, I've, made, uh, I've made an amazing new friend um, who's not a Christian, and we, I, I don't spend enough um, time with people who don't come to church is one of one of my problems in the job that I'm in um, and so but I've, I've made a really good friend and I spend um, he's he's independent um, from work uh, most of the year and so every Friday I go and hang out with him because I'm uh, that's my day off and um, and I was chatting to him on Friday and he said, oh, just out of interest, how do they decide who, um, which churches stay open and which become like a carpet warehouse or a, uh, or a karate studio or a Pilates studio? And what, who gets to choose which ones are open and which ones get closed? And I, I said, actually, sadly, it's all about money. It has everything to do with um, if you're able to pay what's called the parish share, which goes back into the diocese. And, um, and it got me reflecting on, on that. And he said, okay, so, so then it's lots of, um, you know, bake sales and car boot sales and things like that. Is that how you kind of keep, keep things up? And I said, no, 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 that, and you can understand why. And many churches do operate in that way. Um, but that is not how we operate. Because if we're not, and I said to him, if we're not, living as a community to be a blessing to the world around us, then we've missed the point entirely. And we're just a social club like anything else, trying to keep the lights on and the roof from falling in. If we're not here to be a, a core of people who are on a mission to bless the world around us, then we're not actually following Jesus to where he's calling us to go. Jesus was not about just fundraising and being able to, to keep the status quo. He was about being out with the people, serving, blessing people, bringing them into a fullness of life. So if we're not doing that as a church, then we've missed the point. We might be able to keep the church open as many, um, as many churches in this, um, in this country are open. But are they operating as a church? 
I would suggest that some of them aren't. Some of them are just able to afford to pay their share of the pie and to keep the lights on and keep the roof in um, and uh, they are able to carry on. But if we're not loving others, then we've missed the point entirely. So anyway, it was a challenge for me to think, what is it that we're about? And um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give us another, another thing to think, a little pause for thought that we can all um, do. God has given us so much. We, we've been thinking about the gift of, of um, Jesus this morning, but he's given us so much as well in time and talents, finance, family, friends, all these um, are gifts, uh, our ability to kind of, I think we take all these things for granted if we're not careful, that uh, the things that we're able to do to earn the money that we have, we assume that those are, are uh, things that we've learned or that we've just, um, that we deserve, but actually if we're looking at it from a biblical perspective, these are gifts from God, all good and perfect things come from God and they're a gift that he's given to us. So our ability to create money, our ability to create um, uh, uh, food for the table, all those things come from God's gift. So I'd love us just um, to consider that for a moment. In the quiet, we're not going to um, chat to our neighbors, but what are the things that God has given to us? And I'd love us to give thanks to those, um, for those things in just a quiet moment now. So everybody um, will have some background music. Have a think. What is it that God has given to you that you are thankful for? given to us and so we're holding those things in mind um, and and Jesus said uh, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive and that's that's uh, the truth that we believe in in the Bible um, but how how can we see um, that as a truth it cuts across um, the, our cultural understanding um, but how can we live that out? That's a question I'd like um, to, to think about. And, and one of, one of um, uh, we've quoted him before, but his name's Dr. Tony Evans. And he, um, he talks about uh, this verse in the context of actually we can either become a blessing conduit or we can become a blessing cul-de-sac. Um, so the idea is that we're either the, the road through which blessing travels. So God is, is giving us blessings and we are being blessed in the giving of those things out to the people that we, we know around us. Who, I mean, who here has given something away or done something for somebody? And actually, the, the sense of joy and fulfillment that comes with that is greater than the gift um, that, uh, that you receive. I'm sure we've all been there. Yeah. I'm not alone. Excellent, excellent. One of um, one of uh, one of the most. Uh, this is uh, off piece, probably very off piece. But um, one of our most fun uh, ex examples of that. It, it didn't cost us much, but it was a very valuable thing at the time. If you'll remember back to the first lockdown, because um, we're Costco members, we had a um, a truckload of toilet paper because that's just what we always have, and we weren't hoarding it. I promise. Um, but we were able um, to bless uh, some of our brothers and sisters. Who who we knew had run out, 
Imagine that. Imagine that these days. And, um, and what we did is a little secret mission, um, all within the lockdown rules, uh, I assure you. Um, we got in the car and we, we uh, grabbed some toilet paper, ran up and um, hid it on the front step of those um, unsuspecting receivers and, and ran away. <laughs> and, um, and we had such a fun time doing it, I can assure you. And um, even though it was such a valuable uh, resource at, at the time, um, our, the joy of giving it away far outstripped um, any financial gain we could have sold, sold it on eBay I'm sure if we wanted to at that time but, um, but that, that speaks to that, that picture that Tony Evans talks about uh, being a conduit of blessing that is what God's calling us to do be a conduit of blessing not to hoard these things not to, to keep them for ourselves they will give us a joy um, to be giving away. They, uh, the things we have and receive and keep also bring happiness and joy. But if we hoard them in that way, uh, then we stop the flow of those things um, in our lives. It's greater, it's greater to give than to receive. And one of the things I'd, I'd like to encourage us as a church is the call to follow Jesus to live out this life of generosity is one that's really hard, um, but it's not one that we do alone, and it's one that we do as a community. And, um, and Mary actually wrote a list of some of the things that, uh, so if we're looking at how we live out a life that follows Jesus, um, we do this as a church by some of the following ways. We've got a place for the lonely here. We do um, something called the walk, uh, and it's a place that people who want to spend time with people can, can spend time with them on a walk. We've got a place for the bereaved. We've got um, a bereavement cafe that we run and other bereavement ministries. We've got a place for children within this community not just on Sundays, but we've got uh, youth and children's groups running um, through the week. We've got, uh, uh, we care for those who are caring for others. We've got a carer's cafe. We, um, we look after those who are elderly, and we, um, we go to our local, um, what's it called, care home, and, um, and we serve there. And we also, um, we offer a place for people to talk about their faith if they want to. Those who are spiritually hungry, we offer alpha and hung groups. So as a community, I think we need to go from here not feeling like this is a heavy burden that we have to live out, but actually that as a community, we are able to do this. We're able to do this as a church, and we're actually um, doing pretty well. So back to that question of what is it that keeps us um, from living this out more fully? And um, I'd, I'd like to finish just with this, that, focusing on that question. We know the things um, that God's called us to do. We know that there's obstacles in the way. But God's generosity, as I've experienced it over the years, has been um, one of gentleness in his call to follow him. I think God understands our weakness. He understands the distraction that we live around. He understands all the, the many obstacles that if we commit our lives to him and want to follow him, that we're going to come across um, in our walk. So the way I've experienced it is that Jesus often gives me just one step um, in the right direction or a, a slight tilting into a new direction um, in some action in my life or some, something that I can take as a practical outworking. So I'd love for us, um, in, as we finish, just to think about that 
um, step. And perhaps um, we could stand up as a sign that when you're probably getting tired of sitting and listening to me anyway. Um, but uh, you could stand up as a sign that we are not just here to receive, we're, we're here to go from um, this place as lights into the world around us. We're called to serve, we're called to um, live a life of service. And, um, and we're going to worship in just a minute. But if, if um, perhaps just as a sign of that willingness and that desire to, um, to change that one step, we can, um, we can hold our hands out as a sign. As a, you don't have to. There's no pressure at all. Um, but if, it might be just telling your body what you actually uh, would like to do in response. I'm just going to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us now. Um, God, we know that uh, to follow you is, um, is a joy, but actually to live it out is incredibly difficult at times. Lord, we ask that you reveal um, what that next step might be for us. We thank you, Lord, that you are patient and merciful, all you ask of us is, is what we're able to do. And so, Lord, we just ask that you show us what that next stretch might be. Holy Spirit, we invite you to just bring one thing to mind.